right, we got Mike. Thank yeah. you for your patience. Uh, All right. We had to pick the nicest guy in the whole NBA. <laughs> what was your feeling on tonight? Um, I thought we uh, we came out with the right focus tonight. Um, these games can be emotional. First game of the year, a lot of energy. You never know how the other teams going to come out and perform. So proud of the guys. The uh, you know way we stuck with the game and um, kind of went with the ebbs and flows of the game and uh, you know locked in and was able to, to get the win. You guys have right, the fourth most continuity of any team in the league this year. What does that do for you in this early stage of the year? Well, I think it allows us to, you know, I, I, it gives us the option to skip steps almost in a sense. Like we don't have to, you know, get to know each other. We don't have to learn each other's rhythms and, and tendencies and things like that, um, which allows us to just come out and be ourselves um, and try to build off of who we were at the end of last season. So hopefully that, that bodes well for us early in the year and uh, we can kind of jump on some teams early. Mike, thank you very much. Appreciate your patience at the start. All right, thanks. Thank you. That's Mike Conley with us after the ball game. We're joined now by Tim Lacombe and Jake Scott. How are you guys? Good. Not a bad way to start the year, huh? That's what you should do to the Thunder. They're not very good, but playing these teams early in the year is not easy because as someone, as a phrase in the NBA is, they haven't looked in the mirror yet. Yeah, that's, that's the most dangerous time to get a team like that. Uh, but the Jazz did what they should do. I, I thought they looked really good doing it. Uh, didn't shoot the ball particularly well, but uh, I think we touched on it at halftime in, in the Coach Wells interview. 18 of those 22 threes were catch and shoot, which are the type they want. I, I think you could take, you know, they took 47, maybe four or five that were, were tougher than normal with a shot clock or against a shot clock. Um, or just maybe one more pass. But beyond that, I thought shot selection was awesome. I thought the energy was really good. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, Tim, that those are the type of shots that they want. 29% here tonight. Jazz will take that as long as they're getting those, those type of shots. I think the important thing was, as you mentioned, the catch and shoot three-point shots, but how they're getting them and, the, and the, the tempo that they're playing with, and a lot of them coming in transition, that extra pass, that, that, that's going to benefit this team, I, I think, in the long run. The other thing that kind of stood out, I mean, we talked a ton about it, but it was so evident tonight. You had a bunch of guys capable, you know, across the roster of making plays for other guys off the bounce. You know, even Eric Pascoe got into it. Um, but to be able to beat your guy, which is what everybody's trying to do, that's why guarding your yard's so important, but being able to beat a guy and kick it, and the Jazz had a bunch of drawn kicks tonight, which is great to see. The Thunder, I thought, were really, really committed to running guys off the three-point line. And when they did run them off the three-point line, as Quinn likes to say, the Jazz kept playing with their eyes out. So they drove and put it back out. And at some point, when you run a guy at the three-point line, it's now five on four if you go by the guy. And so someone's got to rotate over, which means somebody's open. And frankly, the only thing I thought I saw was that they overpassed it sometimes. They had plenty of looks that they bypassed tonight. Oh, for sure. I saw Quinn a couple of times, you know, like, shoot it. You know, Boyan particularly, one right in front of the bench. Um, and so, so yeah, it's, it's a fine line, but they're definitely error on the side sharing the ball, which I think is a great thing. Let's talk about defense there for a minute because I know one of the, the game plan and, and what they're working on is containment, uh, I didn't see anything working as far as that was concerned, but I know the containment and them being able to look what appears to be a zone, but when there's a cutter, then the cutter, then the guy goes with the cutter. I didn't see anything like that. Did you see anything as far as no, containment? I, I got to talk to the coaches, I think, to, 
and let them point that out for me. Yeah, I didn't see anything you know, that, that looked totally different. Um, I, I saw, you know, some some off-ball kind of switches that made sense. Um, but it'll be interesting to watch that evolve. I know what you're talking about, Ron, but I don't know how much they had to use that tonight. Night one. In the books. Do what you're supposed to. You know, that that is actually what's interesting about this team is if you the signature of the Quinn Snyder era is winning percentage against below 500 teams. Yeah. Month of November, very important. Well, the beginning of the year, very important. Get off to a good start. Make teams look up at you. Jazz and the Thunder in the books. Final score, 107-86. The Utah Jazz in control almost the entire way. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe have it coming up for you next on the Jazz Radio Network. Catch and shoot three. Pow! The clock is at zero, and another Utah Jazz game is in the books. This is the Jazz Post Game Show. Ingles underhand scoop to Conley. Back out to Joe. Fires the three. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Donovan skies and hammers. Now with the recap of tonight's game, here's Jake Scott and Tim LaCole. Jazz game night post game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share your story at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz win game one of the regular season 107 86 over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, coach Lacombe Jazz shot 44% tonight from the field, 29.8% from three, 14 of 47 they were led by boyan bogdanovich who had 22 points jordan clarkson added 18 coming in off the bench rudy gobert with 16 points 21 boards and a block donovan mitchell struggled shooting the ball a little bit tonight he had 16 points six of 10 of uh, 17 shooting uh, excuse me three of 10 from three joe ingles had 14 coming in off the bench uh, mike conley with 10 points and four assists but uh, the jazz in firm control of this one uh, pretty much the whole way coach yeah, the, the the energy was good, as I mentioned. I thought Gobert really carried uh, the start of that game. His influence, the fact he had 13 rebounds at the half, ends up with 21. As you read those stats, 16 points and 21 rebounds, just like, you know, it, it's we're so used to Rudy just putting up crazy numbers. But that's what an unbelievably good way to start the season for Rudy. I feel like we should jump right to the master of the glass. I don't think anybody I had mean, more. There. Anybody had more <laughs> rebounds than Rudy did tonight. Twenty-one. He's your master of the glass. Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, a local vehicle glass expert here for another great year of basketball. Proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is, uh, is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate five dollars to the United Way of Utah for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. And I agree with you. It seemed like Rudy had an extra pep in his step tonight. Maybe that's going to be the norm we're going to see where he just goes out there and, and plays with that much energy. We saw it during the preseason, but tonight, not only on the boards defensively, but man, he ran the floor. He finished with some power. I know he had the the uh, George Gervin layup, but I, I thought several of his moves were determined, and sometimes when we've seen him in the past where he's tried to maybe finesse it a little bit, feels like he's got that aggression, or did tonight anyway. And I, and I loved, you know, a couple times early in the game, went to the basket hard. And, and drew fouls and, and went really kind of with the intentions to dunk that ball. So that's always great to see for Rudy. It puts him in a great frame of mind to start a game. The, the number that stands out there for me, obviously we talk about his 21 rebounds, but 
five of those rebounds come on the offensive end. That just tells you how engaged. Um, he's keeping balls alive. You know, he, he's certainly a game changer on the defensive end, but he, and he continues to find ways offensively to help this Jazz team be really good. You know, I found a, uh, a, a, a I, I think it was a Sports Illustrated, one of those lists out there about the most fun teams to watch in the NBA, and the Jazz were 12th, yeah, which I just saw, blew I me away. Heard that. Uh, because, you know, they had the best offense in the league last year, so who doesn't like watching offense? But Rudy is an extraordinarily fun player to watch play, I think, because of how he hustles and runs the floor and alters shots and all those things. I just can't believe. I mean, who wouldn't enjoy watching how the Jazz play tonight? And this was by uh, far from their perfect game. But I love watching Rudy play. I think he's a fun player to watch. Uh, it's because he he changes from year to year. I do believe he adds something every year. And yep. tonight it was the aggressiveness. Um, you know, he, he just had – I think he gained a ton of confidence on the offensive side in the Olympics. Um, and he, he's definitely got a little extra gear, which is really fun to watch. Absolutely. And uh, we've seen that so far, and I'm sure that uh, will continue – and I thought we saw that overall from the teams we've talked about uh, energy level-wise. As far as the Thunder go, you know, you look over their box score, and if you're a Thunder fan, you're probably not pleased. But I thought it had something to do with the way the Jazz play defense as well. But the Thunder tonight, 37% from the field, 7 of 35 from three, just 20%. They were led by Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who had 18 points on 7 of 17 shooting. Uh, Baisley added 15 and uh, really an unspectacular, let's see here, Jeremiah Robinson uh, Earl had 10 coming in off the bench, but really an un- unspectacular box score tonight from the Thunder. Kind of a little hidden battle in this game was really the Dort versus Mitchell battle, and yep. they ended up guarding each other quite a bit. Um, you know, I-, I would say Donovan did a nice job. Uh, this is Dort, who in, in April against the Jazz scored 42. Um, so tonight he goes two for 10, one for six. Uh, I, I think that is uh, something you got to kind of earmark and say, hey, mm-hmm. everybody was talking about Dort being kind of the Donovan stopper. But tonight uh, the Jazz returned the favor a little bit and, and caused some difficulty on Dort for Dort on the offensive side. Lou Dort minus 21 tonight. Donovan Mitchell, even though we talked about maybe struggled ball, uh, shooting the ball a little bit, plus 20. So the Jazz did not struggle while Donovan and uh, Dort were on this floor at the same time at all. No, and I honestly believe, again, Donovan got great looks. So it wasn't like he was out there trying to force a shot or do something out of rhythm. He made some unbelievably good passes to teammates tonight. He did. Yeah, and just, he, you know, it wasn't falling for him, but he continued to find ways to contribute positively. Four assists tonight for Donovan, tied for the team lead with Mike Conley at four. The Jazz had 18 total assists on uh, 40 made baskets. Maybe a number you'd like to see a little bit higher, but... I don't think it was uh, indicative of how the Jazz shared the ball by any means. No, I think, again, David says this sometimes, and it's true. A lot of those threes that were missed off catch and shoots, if those go in, you, you get a way higher number. Uh, but it's the quality of shots, and I feel like the Jazz got really good shots tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, much like we saw all of last year where the, the offense does its job and generates good shots for, for you would hope and have been uh, good shooters. And even on nights when you don't see the ball go down as much and you shoot 29% from three, it's it's taking them as much as it is making them. And you look at the 47 on the attempts front, you certainly like to see that number. Yeah, especially when you go back and track the, the way they got them. Again, I think it's four or five maybe that I would throw out that would say, ah, oh, you can maybe get a better shot beyond that. I think they found, you know, they got a, a good amount of corner threes and they got a lot of in-out 
a lot of draw and kick threes. Well, as we were talking about with David, too, it seemed like they passed up on some open ones, too, particularly Boyan Bogdanovich, who, who I think this maybe is a carryover from last year to get himself going. Remember last year he did a great job of getting going to the, the hoop and kind of working inside out. Maybe we're seeing a little bit of that from him. He certainly looked healthy, Bogdanovich. Oh, yeah, I thought he looked really healthy. He had a little pop, uh, finished some plays at the rim, um, you know, being pretty crafty as he always is. I, I thought Boyan is... Uh, you know, we haven't really brought him up, but he had a he had a pretty sensational game tonight. Very important to this team. Very, don't, very don't important. Don't forget. Yeah. I mean, he's very important to what this team does. From a floor spacing standpoint, I mean, uh, just two years or two seasons ago, he was second leading scorer, scoring 20 points a game. And he's going to be pivotal. And, and let alone if he can show a little hustle and toughness on defense. I thought he rebounded the ball well tonight. He only came away with four, but it seemed like that was a tough four rebounds, if you could say that. I thought he was active. I was surprised that number was a little bit low, but... It felt like it, it was not just, you know, people have Bogdanovich, they picture this, you know, catch-and-shoot shooter, but he's a much more complete player than that. Another positive number for the Jazz tonight, you know, you're talking about efficiency and possessions. The biggest part of that is you want to get shots. The Jazz only turned it over 10 times tonight. Um, that's a really positive thing with being a first game and early in the season. I think that's where knowing each other, like Mike Conley talked about in his walk-off interview, I think that really helps. They created 14 turnovers, too, or, or uh, Oklahoma City turned the ball over 14 times, which, I mean, may seem like an unspectacular number, but the Jazz were the worst, the, the lowest in the league. Worst sounds like such a negative thing, but lowest in the league when it came to generating turnovers last year because of the way they play defense and funnel everything to Rudy, but that was something that they talked about in the preseason wanting to be better at, and that's turning over team, uh, turning the other team over a little bit. Yeah, and the Jazz did a, a nice job, too. They didn't, you know, foul a ton. Um, the, the free throw, uh, they didn't put Dort on the line, per se, in an in a isolation a lot. Um, that's going to be a b- big part, guarding your yard, not fouling, um, giving guys opportunities to get stops, get out and run. All right, let's get some post-game sound going. Let's start with the head coach. Here's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder and his media availability. When uh, Jared was pretty certain that he would be nervous coming out to his first business meeting, he had a little Well, so first, like, we're really excited about Jared and for a lot of reasons. You guys have asked me more questions about Jared in the preseason than Rudy and Donovan combined. So for a 20-year-old kid to come out in an NBA game at that level, like he's going to make some mistakes and there's going to be, you know, there's going to be a learning curve and he's going to make some really good plays and he's going to keep growing. And there's no pressure on him to do anything other than play hard and get better. And that's the only lens through which I'm, he's going to watch tape tomorrow. He's going to see things that he can do. He'll keep doing them and he'll keep improving. So um, I know the best thing for Jared was to play in his first NBA game, you know, and, and he's playing with some really good guards and he'll have an opportunity to make plays and play defense and do lots of good stuff. So I'm excited about where he's going um, and we're evaluating our team. You know, over a long period of time and individually, we're just trying to get better and we're trying to get better collectively. Better. I thought, you know, I think Giddy um, and Alexander um, 
both do a really good job of keeping their dribble alive in the paint. And in the first half, uh, in particular, the fact that they, they were kicking the ball out meant we were doing a better job containing it. Um, it's hard to keep guys that are that big from getting deep. Um, and, but I thought it put us in closeout situations where it made it harder for us to get to keep the next wave out of the paint. Um, and as the game uh, progressed, um, you know, I thought I thought we improved on that. And I think, you know, Donovan in particular, you know, I thought there was a real, you know, a real focus on his part to move his feet and use his strength and, you know, stay between his man and the basket. So kind of the first year they were together and then injuries last year, it never felt like Boyan and Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell kind of all were scoring at a high level together. And then Boyan started today really well. What does that mean? Um, I, I think there were times we, we found that, you know, I, I think, you know, even I'll bring it back to Donovan, you know, he's one of eight in, in the first half, but he just let the game come to him. You know, he found some stuff off the ball. You know, Dort's a heck of a defender, and there were other guys that that, that got looks. Um, and then all of a sudden, people start playing those guys, and um, you know, other other opportunities present themselves. So those guys um, being able to play off one another and understand that those things come in come in waves, and that's just we're going to read the defense and and how they play us. And, you know, the right guys, the open guys take the shots. I thought, if anything, we were passing up shots early. Um, and that, that, I think that was a function of the first game, just kind of being a little bit hesitant to know that's that's one we want to take. How do you tell your team, um, you know, just when, when the process is like that, you know, you're getting a foot in the paint, you're kicking, guys are passing up shots and basically doing the same thing over again. I mean, you've had to tell your team before, Shoot. Take, the, take the first open look. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's always a balance there. You know, I mean, you 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 know you you come in and um, you can you can overcoach those plays. I think that they're they're always really nuanced when a guy's closing out on you. How open are you? Um, you know, have you missed a couple in a row? Do you want to get a drive? But the overarching thing for us is when we shoot, um, we shoot it well, and there's a good chance that we'll make it. And if we pass up open looks, you know, that usually means the defense is more collapsed, you know, and the probability of us getting the same shot, um, you know, goes down and the probability of us turning the ball over goes up. So that's, you know, there's a lot of reasons for us to take open, open shots. spoken before about needing to find a balance between some of the things that Rudy wants to try maybe offensively versus what's good for the rest of the team, but four shooters surrounding him. Do you feel like what he did tonight is kind of a good indication of what he's capable of within the framework? Yeah, I, you know, Rudy's managed to be an all-NBA player, um, an all-star, the defensive player of the year, and he wants to keep getting better. And I think, you know, every team is different, and the opportunities that Rudy has offensively, you know, are usually – connected to other guys on the team and um you know the, the the more accurate a pass is you know little things him not bringing the ball down um there's all kinds of little things that make those same plays um successful or not and i know his teammates are conscious of it um you know no different than a 
like I said, Donovan going one for eight, but not forcing the game. You know, same thing with Rudy, same thing with JC, same thing with Boyan, same thing with Mike. You start going down the line. We got a lot of guys that, um, you know, we want to let the game come to them. And I think it's a credit to that that group. Um, you know, those I probably left someone out, but that you know that they did that and they're they're still willing. Joe, you know, so sometimes when you pass up a shot and make an extra pass, like the 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 spirit of the play is is what we want. And I don't want to ever kill that. Um, but I also want to encourage him to keep shooting. What do you make of Hassan's minutes tonight? And I guess how has his fit developed over the last couple of weeks? I, I, I think Hassan's gotten more comfortable. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd say, um, you know, you could feel him in the game tonight when he came in, um, you know, like Jared, those guys, it's just, it, there's a, there's a learning curve that takes place. And, you know, I'm excited about all those guys and, and what they're doing and not really evaluating them um, on the stat sheet, um, but on, you know, the way that they're trying to play right now. And I thought, you know, in Hassan's case, did some really, really good things, particularly in pick and roll, just getting a little more connected with some of the guys, um, some of the ball handlers and getting out and getting them some shots. So uh, good night for Hassan. Last session, two-point shooting started out a little slower, but then by the end of the game, the numbers look good. Yeah, we, I think we, we took, I think, seven early. Um, the challenge is if you're not making them to keep shooting them. And um, it's just human nature that you're going to hesitate. And that's where I think a, the collective mindset really helps. Um, you know, with, if Joe hasn't hit one and passes one up, you know, Donovan's telling him, shoot it. Um, you know, and I, I think that's, that's contagious where it's just something that, that we want to emphasize. And I, I thought some of the good, we were getting a lot of catch and shoot threes. Um, which, which is always good. Um, and that's where I thought Donovan was really good tonight, just making sure he was spaced off the ball because he is such a good catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. There you go. That's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Coach Lacombe, any thoughts? Yeah, just a lot, to, you know, a lot of thoughts about the game from Coach. Um, you know, singled out a couple of guys in particular. I, I thought, you know, his, his, his approach to how Donovan played. You know, he said Donovan's one for eight. Um, you know, could have forced things, but really played within himself, let it come to him. Uh, and the game did come to him. We talked about it at halftime. He's not going to continue to miss good shots. Um, but I think it's to a man, him, Clarkson, um, you know, they are all really, really talented, uh, but it's it's totally within the context of, of the way they play to make sure that, you know, they're making the right basketball play. And I, I have so much respect for that. I think that that's something that certainly comes from the coaches, uh, they spend a ton of time on it. And, and, you know, Quinn talked about Jared Butler and how, uh, you know, he's going to start tomorrow watching film on how he can just get a little bit better. And I think that that's the theme. Everybody just working on getting a little bit better. We'll get some player sound for you coming up right around the corner. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. The My Subaru Is campaign features real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some of the Mark Miller Subaru owner stories and share your own at MySubaruIs.com. Your final score, Jazz win. They beat the Thunder tonight 107-86 to go to 1-0 on the season. We'll have more for you coming up next on the Jazz Radio Network.
Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you. 10786 is your final Jazz beat the Thunder post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Uh, featuring the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share your story at markmillersubaru.com. Let's get into your points in the paint brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1 800 Go Serta or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. Serta Pro Painters, proven and trusted experts in painting. Uh, looking at your points in the paint stats tonight, um, Jazz outscored the Thunder 50 to 46. Thought the Jazz were really uh, active in the paint tonight, actually. Yeah, did a good job of making the Thunder stop them. If they could get into the paint, obviously finish. Um, somebody steps in or or you can kick the ball out for three. That's that's what they did the majority of the time. But they definitely were rim first and uh, got to the rim early with uh, some layups and Donovan, or excuse me, Rudy Gobert dunks uh, off a lob kind of in that middle third ball screen. Uh, but they put enough pressure on the rim, and then obviously they, they shot threes. I think the breakdown tonight, the Jazz shot – 49% of their shots were threes. Um, 31% of their threes, uh, excuse me, 19% of their threes were corner threes, which is what you really look for. So both those numbers would be very, very good to see trend uh, for the Jazz in that direction. All right, let's get some sound from the players. Let's go back down to the Jazz media room. Let's hear from Boyan Bogdanovich. He's in with a good rhythm like that. I mean, it's it's great to get a get a first W to start a to start a season on, on the right way. I think our defense was 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 pretty good. Pick and roll, pick and roll defense. Especially did a great job on on on, on primary ball handlers from uh, from from their team. And, and like I said, it's just just great to to get a first first win of the season. What you got to do again? SGA and, and particularly, I mean. You know, there were games last year where you kind of took took over games against you guys. Wasn't that much backwards? I mean, even even Dort had a 42 on us on us last game. They're kind of pretty pretty big point guards and and, and ball handlers. So so we really did a great job containing the containing the ball. Like I said, pick and roll defense was good, but they are they are great great also on 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 one on one. So we are we were trying just to. To make to to force them to take to take tough shots and then we did a pretty good job. You talk in training camp about trying to really establish a rhythm, just overcoming the shoulder and the hand and wrist up. Do you feel like you were able to do that tonight? I mean, I start I start kind of pretty pretty bad as a team. We sh- we shot like less than less than thirty percent from a from a three. And we had uh, only 18, uh, 18 assists, but we were moving the ball ball pretty well, but we couldn't couldn't hit any any shot but uh but overall overall great great game both both defensively and, and offensively. You you had a different player step up for you guys to kind of fuel the offense in each quarter. What does that say about kind of the diversity of, of scoring that you have on this roster? I mean our our bench is we got like like five five guys that they can be starters in, in mostly of the of the team in NBA. So our our bench is it's our probably biggest strength and uh and like whenever they get in we got a we are in 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 big plus. Did you guys talk about it as a team like what you wanted to establish tonight, what tone you want to set tonight, or how do you go about starting the season? 
I mean, our our philosophy is to play to play great defense and then try to try to get a more more easy easy shot and, and, and an easy layup. We had a we had a bunch of threes tonight, but we we couldn't hit any. But uh, like I said, our defense was was pretty pretty solid and and that's the best part of of this game. <laughs> All right, there you go, Boyan Bogdanovich. And tonight, uh, Bogdanovich led the way for the Jazz in scoring 22 points, 10 of 17, shooting 2 of 6 from 3. He had four boards, a couple of assists, and a steal as well. He uh, he played great, plus 17 tonight, the plus-minus for Boyan. We don't give him enough credit. I, I think you you got on that, you know, his you saw the, the, how good he played and called it out early, but I, I we need to give him more credit. I, I know we spend a ton of time talking about uh, so many guys. Boyan is such a weapon for the Jazz. Um, I really like the, the the shots he got tonight. The way he got in position to get them. Um, you know, saw a little bit of inside out, drove the ball and finished. And again, his his defense has improved. I think that um, you know he he really is is trying to do. He talked about in the preseason. You know, the Jazz were really close, and, and I think many of the guys felt that. But Boyan definitely. Played really, really good tonight and really inspired. I'm getting the vibe that this was something that was stressed in the offseason, Tim. The Listen, I had this theory years ago that playing defense with Rudy actually leads to bad habits because he cleans up so much. You know, you're kind of like, well, if I get beat, I'll be all right. Rudy's back there. He, he takes care of business, and I won't look bad. I won't make sports center. you know. And, and you look at Donovan Mitchell's technical foul tonight where he got beat um, uh, by Shea Gilgis Alexander, and he knew it, and he was frustrated by it, and he threw the ball off the backstand, which is an automatic technical foul. But you, you could tell he took it personally. And then hearing Quinn Snyder, his comments uh, when we heard there in the postgame talking about defense, I, I get the feeling that something is stressed. Like, like Rudy helps, and Rudy makes up for a lot, but, you know, everybody's got to go out there and play hard and carry their weight too. Yeah, David talking, you know, it's been stressed, guard your yard, and keeping – keeping your guy from getting an advantage. That's really what it's about. It, it's not letting him get his shoulders past you that, so that somebody else has to leave and you have to get in rotation. Um, ultimately, you're going to get in rotation. It's the NBA and guys are that talented. But I think that the emphasis by the Jazz, and we've talked about Clarkson and Mitchell, uh, all these guys have talked about defense. Uh, I really think it's something that uh, can take a team that was explosive, uh, terrific, and just kind of make it, just add another element. Um, this was a good defensive team, more on the shot chart, um, but you're seeing individual guys really step up their game, and that can only help. Well, we've seen it. I mean, this doesn't go for all NBA champions, but the majority of uh, NBA championship teams are top five in offense and defense, or at least top ten, uh, and then top five in another. And it's it's just well-rounded teams, um, for the most part, have the most success in this league. And that was true of Golden State. Everybody remembers them as kind of this offensive juggernaut. They were a great, unique defensive team that could play the the switching defense and switch against everybody. I mean, you think about uh, LeBron as an offensive player, an incredible defender. Michael Jordan, Kobe, you know, all those championship teams, they, they got it done on both sides of the floor. And the Jazz have been a great defensive team. There's no doubt about it. And, and a team with Rudy Gobert, you would hope that that would be the identity. But imagine if they could play the offense that they played last year and combine that with, with the stingiest defense in the league. I mean, it's just setting yourself up to success. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely something you're trying to find any kind of little edge. And we talked about really the, how open the West is. I don't know that you look at it and think there's 
you know, a juggernaut that the Jazz can't beat. So it's a matter of of fine tuning. And Quinn used, you know, the verbiage in his um, post game discussion that hey, we're going to continue to to you know watch our team. We're going to analyze our team. We're going to put our team in the very best situation we know how. But uh, there, there's no doubt in my mind that there is a little bit extra on the defensive end from everybody. Um, you know, they didn't like the way that Clippers that Clippers series ended. No, they don't want to get put in that situation again. And I think that that's probably a huge part of it is guys, if you, if you do your part, everybody guards, like you said, not just leave it to Rudy to clean it up at the end, but um, everybody's down in stance. Everybody's attentive. It can only get better. You know, we get turnovers that way. Teams will throw us the ball if we're in the right spot. And that just creates offense, which as we saw again tonight, the jazz are absolutely lethal on the offensive side. Yeah. They didn't even play. The, up to their potential offensively tonight, and they were really, really good. I guess the team in, in Oklahoma City, honestly, and, and they're not a great team. The Jazz did what they, they should do, but Oklahoma City plays hard, and they've got some players that play defense, namely Lou Dort, and I would say Donovan got the better of that matchup tonight for sure. But, I mean, to to go out and not play your best offensively but to still put a team away, I think, uh, says something. Yeah, it, you know, to, to take as many threes as they did, good threes, um, and, and not really hit them and still score 107, keep your opponent to 86. There's a lot of really good things there. And, again, it's it's a process. Uh, Coach Snyder and his staff, if not already, I, I guarantee somebody's already watching the film because uh, all coaches are sick. So you, you get a little bite to eat quick, say hello to everybody, and you dive into the to the details. And that's what's going to really make this team better, these individual opportunities to sit down and continue to – Hone in on the things that are going to make this team very, very good. You miss that, don't you? You know, not even being able to relish a win, having to dive right into the film before you're even out of the building. It's something you miss, I'm going right? to tell you, I like this better, Jake. I like yeah. sitting up with you, joking around and, and watching the game. Um, I, I love my time there, but I don't I don't miss that stress, yeah. I'm going to tell you. Instead of studying film, you're spitting out hot takes on the post game. There you go. It's not so bad, right? No. It's all right. I get to break it down, hear from the players. We always have a good time. Again, crack some jokes. It's uh, chomping into the film right away. And, and I'm telling you, I do love listening to this jazz team for many reasons. But across the board, they're, they're interesting personalities. They are. Um, they're all got a decent sense of humor. But from a basketball geek's point of view, like th- there is some real good stuff. So, um, you know, I would encourage our listeners, definitely listen to these guys because they talk the game. And it really does help you as you watch it and watch their, you know, the, the things they verbalize. It really kind of helps you to understand what the team's trying to do. All right, we'll get you some more of that thoughtful sound coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. The My Subaru Is campaign features real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse, and each has a unique story to share. Read some of the Mark Miller Subaru owner stories and share your own at My Subaru Is. Dot com. Your final tonight from here at Vivint Arena. The Jazz come away with the win, 107-86 over the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll get you more and uh, more sound coming up right around the corner on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe, your final tonight, 107-86. Jazz beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. Post Game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign, real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. 
Share your story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share your story at markmillersubaru.com. We are still waiting uh, for more players uh, in uh, the post-game media conference. Been in a bit of a hold. Not usual. Maybe we've got a new pattern here for game number one, Coach. We're going to take a little time. Get Maybe cleaned they, up. They put the players, they, you know, they pick three and they put them through an obstacle course. <laughs> so and they're the, running through it down the first one that finds his way through the maze gets the mic and the others. Well, Bogdanovich know. obviously nailed it. I he don't did. know about anybody he else. He found the direct route. As we're just hanging out. We're hoping to get well, some more players down for you. And we did hear that there's a brand new lounge slash family room slash dance club. I don't know what it is. I want to see it, but I want to see it too. I, I wonder if, you know, if that's got everybody's attention. So there has been a fair amount of uh, construction. Of course, our studios are here at the arena, so we come in every day, but I think we've been basically foreboden from level one for several months now. So I haven't been down there forever. I'm curious to get down there and see it. I'd love to actually, because I know it's something, a little project they were very excited about. And honestly, if we want to, you know, talk about this on kind of a, a macro topic level, you know, you can tell uh, Ryan Smith ownership, uh, you know, front office, uh, they, they're prioritizing players. And that actually began, you know, under the Millers over the past several years. And, and Ryan Smith seems to be uh, taking it a little bit to the next level. But they want to make this a place that players want to play and bring their families and uh, have it an enjoyable experience. And they're going to make adjustments to the arena even with this new facility down there to make sure that uh, that the players want to be here. Yeah, it's it's kind of an important thing, right? <laughs> that's the that's you need good players, you need good people, and you want them around. And so, uh, I love what I love the approach. I love that they, you know, they're building a place for them to to be and stay and and hang out. I think that's all really really positive stuff. Uh, I don't think there's any uh, doubt that the organization itself is is all behind having a very successful organization continuing to have one and and so you find little ways again like we talk about offense and defense uh with an organization you find little ways to make it just a little bit better it makes it makes so much sense and i i don't know i'm going to give mark cuban credit but maybe other owners did it beforehand but i remember when mark cuban bought the mavericks and he put playstations in the lockers in the lockers and everybody thought that whoa what playstations and lockers how cool why is he doing this and the idea is to make it a place that players want to be it was a big part of what they did with the zions bank basketball campus over there they wanted to make an environment you know where right down to having chefs and they have a little i i call it a campfire but they have this comfortable lounge that has a fire pit in the middle of it and and you know uh dynamite workout facilities and all these things that they want to make it a place that that players want to be i mean long gone are the days and this ages me a little bit, Coach Lacombe, uh, the days of the Utah Jazz practicing at the sports mall. You know, I don't know if you remember Dude, that. I remember or, or, Westminster <laughs> College. Westminster College yeah. after that where it, it wasn't necessarily a priority. It was, you know, we'll, we'll do a, what we got. But now in today's day and age where, you know, the, honestly, there's there's so much money and, and so much demand yeah, for the these players. And, so much. You know, it, it just makes a lot of sense. It's it's a lot like the tech industry where, where uh, you know, engineers are in such high demand. So you make these grand benefits and these ping pong rooms and foosball and all this stuff because you want to make it a place where highly productive people in whatever field want to be, feel comfortable. And, uh, you know, then maybe that grass doesn't look greener on the other side. Yeah, you, you don't ever want to give guys a reason not to want to be there. And right. I remember, you know, when I, when I first got to, to BYU, our locker room was the same locker room we were using, you know, that Danny Ainge used. Um, <laughs> and so, like, we would just kind of forego the locker room tour. It was like, yeah, the locker room's in there. 
and just keep walking. You know, we didn't have a facility, and um, you know, we finally got a locker room. I, I would call it the locker room that that Sweet 16 team built, um, and we we got a locker room that you know we were really proud of. And so it was again something we tried to do to make things better uh, for the the guys and something that they could they could have for their own. That's funny. Recruiting trips. Yeah, the locker room's over there, but yeah, it's just it's being worked on right now. <laughs> we won't worry about Lockers that. Lockers are about. Six inches wide. Let's go this way. And the metal. <laughs> Those little metal ones that you had to You're going to want to bring a lock. That's, you know? When I first got there in 07, that's what we had, man. It was crazy. <laughs> well, I think, I, I mean, I think we've seen that all over sports. I mean, the University of Utah obviously just picked that uh, uh, or, or just uh, renovated that uh, end zone and completed the, the stands and uh, uh, redid their locker room as well. Look at this. Hand-delivered. Hand-delivered. Uh, the one-game stat nuggets by our guy Tyson. You, thank you, sir. We'll get to these a little bit later yeah, on I in the show. That was money. Uh, usually, I, I get them in a nice, tidy, direct message today. Stickies. Look at this. No, sticky I, notes. He was just breaking those off, and I thought, man, dude, Jake must have. He's such a good dude. Won the fantasy football. I'll, I'll tell you what, he's such a good guy. He does great work. If you're uh, new to the broadcast, uh, this started last year, but our friend Tyson Ewing, who does stats for AT and T Sportsnet. He digs deep. He's digging deep all game, and uh, he usually finds some interesting ones for us and shares it here on the post game. We usually drop it in in the last segment to keep people around, give them something to tease. If I'm not mistaken, it's a, you eloquently called it a stat nugget. A stat, stat nugget. Nuggets, yes. Yeah. Well, and and some of those stats that he was dropping on us, remember last year when the Jazz were just red hot, winning 21 of 23, and some of the stats where it's like, this is the first time in Jazz history since 1994 this happened, and it's like, Wow, this run truly is special. I mean, that was an amazing part of last season for sure, but we appreciate Tyson doing that good work, digging up those nuggets for us. We absolutely do. Awesome awesome job. And, and when they're hand-delivered, again, it's just finding a way to get better. I think that's been the theme of the night. And and see, he knows I'm an old-school guy. I need the hard copy, you know? I need don't that. Send me this, <laughs> this email gibberish. <laughs> this stuff, I don't know. I don't want to click on whatever. Just just run me a hard copy. I was wondering why you always carry a phone book around. With oh, you. yeah. This is your notes. I just work better that way. Can you imagine? Well, you, nobody can relate to this, but uh, media guides oh. you know, way back in the day used to be an actual physical hard copy thing and uh, used to just lug around. You'd have 7,000 pounds, pounds. pounds of media guides just because you needed that one phone number, or that one stat or whatever. So much easier in today's day and age. But that was a thing where I'd get hundreds of pounds of media guides in the mail from every NBA team and every college football team, and you never know where to put them, but you had to keep them. And somehow you'd find media guides from, like, here's here's the New York Knicks from 1978. Still have this. That's great. Let's Look, Here's the busher. Let's, <laughs> let's take a deep dive. All right, we've got a little sidetrack. We will get to the, the stat nuggets from Tyson Ewing coming up uh, uh, in the near future. But, you know, it, it's interesting. Dwayne Wade has made some comments to come back to, you know, a place where players want to play. You know, going back last week, uh, Dwayne Wade was uh, with Ryan Smith at, at Silicon Slopes, and he admitted, he said, I had a different perspective of this market when I was a player. And he even said, in the in NBA world, they call it the tunnel. He said whenever they came to Salt Lake, it was, you know, the, the plane to the hotel to the game to the hotel, back to the plane and gone because he didn't, know what this you know city community uh had to offer and uh, actually we'll get back to this but let's go live to rudy shall we uh let's get to a post game sound from rudy gobert and control how you're going to play defense and uh, i think if we control what we can control every night and focus on that uh we're going to win a lot of games you know and uh 
and even the games when you don't make shots, you know, we're going to be able to win. So it's, uh, you know, that's why it's who we are and it's who we want to be. What's been, have you guys like kind of focused on anything differently in terms of uh, what you want to do differently defensively or what you want to prove on defensively? And if so, how did, how did you fare with that tonight? I think every game is an opportunity for us to, to keep finding our identity, you know, keep, I mean, obviously we, we want to be a defensive team, but keep uh, working on the things that we know uh, is going to make us a better team. And it's the one-on-one -on -one defense, you know, from one to five, uh, the containment, you know, and the communication as a team to help each other out. You know, it's not about just leaving the guy on the island, but the, all, the, all the four guys got to talk to him and, uh, you know, uh, make him know that he got a guard, and and if he if he does get beat, because it, it's going to happen a lot, we're going to have each other's back. When it comes to that perimeter defense, do you feel like there was, I guess, a more more of an urgency and more of an effort from those guys? I think uh, I can feel that. You know, I can feel that when he, when we get beat once, you know, uh, right away, it's not it's not a habit. You know, it's it's not something that you know when when you use uh, not being good, like it happens one time, twice, three times, and. We just keep playing. Now it happens once, and you can feel that you know uh, the guys that we hold each other accountable, and whoever gets beat, uh, you know, is the next possession is 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 twice as good. You know, so it's uh, I think that's the mark of the great the great teams, and uh, if we can do that consistently, we'd be in good shape. How much is this a focus for you guys in relation to which are ultimate goals for the season? I mean, we know that. Uh, if you want to be a great team, uh, it starts there. And we know that uh, even if we don't have a lot of weaknesses, uh, teams are always going to find, try to find and, uh, and take advantage of those weaknesses, and especially in the playoffs. You know, in regular season, it's, it's not the same, but in the playoffs, teams are going to try some things. And if it works, they're going to keep going and keep going. So if you don't have any weaknesses, uh, it makes it a little harder on the other team. What was working for you individually offensively tonight? Uh, I just try to be aggressive, try to get my teammates open and, and try to uh, finish, you know, put a lot of pressure on the on the on the on the rim. And uh, you know, uh, they did a great job finding me early on and and in the second half, you know, we they collapsed even more, so we got a lot of open threes and uh, you know, that's why we we are not easy to guard, is because when we when we don't make the shots, you know, we, we we keep attacking the rim. We keep obviously when we attack the rim, we find those open shots. But we also uh, have a lot some bigs that can uh, punish inside and put a lot of pressure on the rim. And also we can pass. So you know we're about to find the, the guys on the perimeter, and if they don't collapse, we know that it's going to be a foul or, or a basket. Where has your offensive game developed in the last couple of years? Where have you seen your most improvements? Uh, I mean, I'm feeling more and more comfortable. You know, I've been putting a lot of work, and uh, it's exciting to know that, uh, you know, it's not even, I haven't even scratched, you know, uh, what I can do offensively. So, you know, I don't want to, uh, I kind of want, I want to keep the fun. You know, I don't want to show everything right away. So, but uh, no, seriously, I mean, I, I just try to take it one step at a time and, you know, and uh, keep doing it in, uh, in the system, you know, uh, uh, and uh, keep doing it in a way that it's impacting us and uh, impacting the team in a winning way, in a positive way. Hassan has mentioned to us a few times that it's, you know, a process for him kind of developing chemistry with the various guys. 
on both ends. What did you see out of him tonight? I mean, he's, he's about to impact the game uh, as soon as he steps on the court. So it's uh, it's a luxury, and uh, you know when he keeps uh, when he doesn't get frustrated, you know sometimes it's not easy to come in and and uh, we ask you to do all these things, run hard to to protect the rim, to uh, set screens and stuff. But uh, I try to tell him that you know sometimes he's not going to get a shot for eight minutes. Uh, we, we try to make sure it doesn't happen, but sometimes it might happen. And uh, we gotta keep our heads. You know, we gotta keep his head. And I've worked on that over the last few years, so I know how hard it is. But at the same time, how good it is for the team when uh, everyone is able to uh, put their ego, their ego aside, and, and do what's best for the team. And then, it's on, obviously, it's on it's on us to have each other's back and try to realize that if okay, if Hassan didn't get didn't get the ball for five minutes, we should you know call a play for him or get him the ball. You know. And that's what you know. Uh, mature teams are able to do. Player photos kind of back here as you walk in. I mean, some guys. Uh, there's some guys that look that look good on on, on that. Are you one of those? Ah, yeah, I think so. I like I like that photo. That's, that's good. Thank you. There you go, Rudy Gobert, uh, talking about a lot right there. Um, we can get into what he said about his own game, specifically offensively, but, you know, we've been talking a lot of defense on this show tonight, uh, Coach Lacombe, and with good reason, Jazz played great on that side of the ball, but uh, Rudy notices, notices the more, more effort, notices the work that his teammates are putting in. Well, and I think he was, you know, last year there were times after games where, you know, he talked about we, we've got to get better defensively. We've got to, you know, we've got to take it very serious and, so he's got to be happy with that piece. Uh, again, we're making it sound as though the Jazz were just awful defensively, and that's certainly which not is the far case. from the case, yeah, right? Yeah. Right? Right? No. Again, it's 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 a it's a good to great scenario. I think that's what we're talking about: is everybody just finding a little bit of uh, a certain area of their game that they can look at differently and improve. Uh, and so, yeah, De- Rudy definitely notices that. It's got to be nice for him, and then at the same time. Uh, the, I think the scariest comment he made is he, he doesn't feel like he's even scratched the surface yeah. offensively, but that's the way he views this. And I think we've talked at length about his unique approach to development. Um, and I, I, I tend to agree with him. I think he's just barely discovering a lot of different things on the offensive end and, and certainly looking way more natural doing them. Well, Coach Snyder was very complimentary that he was getting a lot of that within the offense too, which in turn opens up for others when when Rudy plays his role and is aggressive like that. And he was certainly a monster tonight. 16 points, 21 rebounds in 29 minutes. He was 6 of 9 from the field, 4 of 6 from the line. He had five offensive rebounds, and he also added a block shot, which is just a phenomenal game. I mean, great game for Rudy. He didn't serve the popcorn, but I think he did just about everything else. Seriously. Including the finger roll. So, yeah, didn't serve the popcorn, everything else, check. Man, I love the thing finger roll, but I love it when Rudy dunks. The when dunk was nice. But it's just a force, and he just says, you know what, I'm just going to dunk regardless. But the fact that he's got that silk in his game, too, right? <laughs> he's got the silk. hammer, <laughs> and then he's got the silk. And I think that's what he's talking about. He's showing us the gradual you know, differences in his game. And at times I noticed, too, he didn't put the ball on the floor. He got the ball and was aggressive, didn't bring it down, but kept it going up, which is something that, that Rudy – I don't know if his natural tendency is to bring it down or was in the past, but I noticed tonight, I mean, he got it and was aggressive and went with it. And he did, 
went around the basket most of the time, tried to dunk everything, yep. which I know you love. That, you've said that I before. Yeah, I've, I've said that a lot. I do love it when he's aggressive. All right, uh, we will uh, get you hopefully more post-game sound coming up right around the corner. Jazz win tonight, 107-86 over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Post-game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. And the My Subaru Is campaign featuring real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some of the Mark Miller Subaru owner stories and share your own at MySubaruIs.com. Coming up next, we'll give you some more player sound. We'll also get you your play of the game. Uh, we'll get you the stat nuggets. We have a busy final segment for you coming up right around the corner here on the Jazz Game Night Post Game Show on the Jazz Radio Network. Mitchell splits the double team, rises for a three and hits it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Came down, split off a pick. Two guys were there. He just rose up in the midst of it and buried a tray. Our guy David Locke's already in mid-season form. Play of the game right there. Brought to you by the Larry H. Miller dealerships for service, sales, and selection. LHMauto.com. Driven by you. Uh, it's your Jazz Game Night post-game show. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share your story at Mark Miller Subaru. Dot com. Your final tonight, the Jazz beat the Thunder 107-86 to in a pretty dominant opening night affair. Coach Lacombe looked really good. We've talked a lot about it. Looked good on both sides of the ball. Maybe not perfect offensively from a percentage standpoint, but as Quinn Snyder confirmed in his postgame uh, media availability, the shots were there. He liked the shots that they took. In fact, thought they may even have passed on some good shots, and uh, you could tell he was pleased with uh, how his team performed uh, within the system in game number one. It's always really difficult when you start a season uh, to get everybody, nerves and everything, playing on the on the same page. Um, you know, I could see a game where, and I've seen this before in games that I've been a part of where the team, you know, the, jazz, the team similar to the Jazz tonight, knowing that they have a huge advantage, just go out and do whatever they want to do. Uh, and they're going to win the game. I think the difference is that the Jazz really did approach this uh, with great focus, um, good energy, and I think that their goal tonight was to get better. Um, yeah, the shots didn't fall like they wanted them to fall, but it it was the type of shot they got, and that, that was the most important thing. All right, let's keep the uh, postgame uh, player sound going. Let's get back to the media room. Donovan Mitchell sitting down to talk to the media. I don't like touching my eye. So even if I was able to put him in, which it took me two and a half hours to put one in. I was like, getting them out, it's going to be uh, probably just sleeping them and then get irritated and there was a whole process. So I just, I, that's what everybody's saying. They said I should try the goggles out. So from now on, I'm just going <laughs> to, no, no, no. So for now, I'm just going to keep guessing on what troop I'm shooting at. And exactly. Just, you know. <laughs> We'll get we'll get there, but right, right now right now it seems to be all right. So we'll we'll, we'll keep going through. Wow. Um, <laughs> that's how we started. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. What was what was your uh, focus offensively on Dort? Considering the last time that you yeah yeah he gave yeah. you all forty two. Yeah yeah me uh, forty two. Take that one. So for me, I think the biggest thing was just making it tough. Obviously, Shea wasn't playing that game. You know, for me, just being able to just set an example defensively. I told you all that after the last preseason game. Um, we get a bunch of good challenges early. You know, 
towards an attack mode and you got everybody healed screen so it's different type of people you're guarding and then the game after that you got to defend Jokic's action so you know it's good challenge off the bat and that's that's pretty much what I what I put my mind to you know just being able to kind of set it on defensively and uh, shots and shots though whatever they'll, they'll fall I'm not too worried about that but you know, being able to set that tone, I think for me was was the biggest thing, and just being able to guard, just keep them in front. Nothing, no hero play. You don't need to get a steal and do all that, but just kind of keep the man in front because that was the emphasis, you know, with us. You know, the way we lost last year, and obviously, you, know, you can say we were hurt or whatever, but you know, being able to keep guys in front, I think we all collectively did a good job of that tonight. Early in your career, these could have turned into like a two for twenty night. You had a couple of those as a rookie. Are you just better now? Are you doing something different? What's happening? Well, first, I got to credit the. The guys around me, um, you know, you don't feel like you kind of have to go out there. And like, like you know, my first year was kind of, my first two years especially was kind of like, you know, we weren't supposed to be who we were. And then it just happened. And then I'm figuring stuff out on the fly. And then, you know, the next year is the same thing. So a lot of it now is just getting comfortable, understanding, like I said, you know, shot, what is it, six or 17, but I'm not mad at the looks I got, maybe one or two. You know, it's like you said, it's could easily been a seven for 20, but there's no need, you know, I was making the right plays, making the right reads. And, you know, I'm not really pressed about it. You know, I think maybe my first years, you you, you get consumed with the, like, you know, you got to be, you got to be, got to be, you know, and now it's kind of like, you know, I, we're good. Defense, lock up, make the right plays, make the right passes. And, you know, we could be good with that. And I am. You know, maybe a combination of, like you said, the players around you or just maturity and kind of growing. Because, you know, Quinn complimented earlier about the fact that you were able to let the game come to you and force it. Is that the teammates around you, maturity, or kind of combination? I think, both, I think you know, for sure, i got to give credit to my teammates for first and foremost, <clears throat> I think. But also, you know, it's just like I said, it's, it's it's me growing, understanding that, you know, you don't have to just go get it in every every uh, every chance you, you can. You know, understand letting the game come to you. I started off slow. I wasn't mad at any of the, the looks I got. I wasn't, you know, it was just shots that just didn't fall, you know, and they'll fall. I, I take those reps. I take those same shots I missed today are the ones I've practiced a thousand times between the summer and now. So just continue to take those shots. And that's the biggest thing. You know, if you stop shooting them, then it's like, you know, you don't trust the work that you put in. And never that. I think it's just understanding your game and doing other things, you know, offensive rebounding, you know, trying to find guys and assist, create pass ahead, push the pace, you know, little things that, uh, Ignite team and you know guys around you will, will follow. Rudy had a monster double double tonight, sixteen and twenty one. You know, talk about just you know what have you seen from him? Where's his growth been, especially offensively the last couple of years? Yeah, I think you know the 21, 21 rebounds is easy, and for me, I, I hold that I hold him to a higher standard. And we speak about that all the time. I think where I was really happy with him was you know the finishing, playing to the way he's going to get the rebounds, the way he's going to play into contact. That's what I that's what I really am happy to see. You know, with him, he had one layup where he. You know, got to back to his old self. But outside of that, he's he's finishing and he's absorbing the contact. You know, playing through that because they're a team that as soon as the big gets it, you know, they're trying to foul. And he's gonna have to play through that. And he did it. He did it in preseason. He's doing it in training camp. Doing it now. And I think that's the level that we're we're seeing out of him offensively. That's um, that's what I was most impressed with. You know, him sealing in the paint. I threw it to him. Door gets a foul. Like when we see that in the playoffs, it's gonna be something similar. So. You know, for me, like that's that's one thing that I think stands out, especially when you bring up the offensive end. You know, we all know what he does defensively. Um, that's easy, you know, for him to come second nature. But this one is like something he's worked at. You can see it. Do you feel like he almost kind of gets like a little underrated offensively just because he's got his reputation as well? Yeah, I think when also like, when you're so good at something, like they want to just focus solely on that, you know, I think that's one thing. He's so good at 
like being a defensive force that people sometimes don't look at the other side because it's like, man, you know, you're so consumed with what he does defensively. But, you know, people don't understand, like, the threes we get are a product of him rolling. You know, we're teaching us on that as well. You know, we're being able to the, – the rim rolls, being able to throw it up there, catching the lobs. Like, he's, he's worked at it, you know, especially since my, in my five years. And you guys have seen him longer than I have. Um, but, you know, tonight and throughout the preseason through training camp, the biggest thing we're seeing is catching and finishing, playing through contact. That's where I'm saying, like, okay, he's, he's taking that step, you know, and I think we, we saw that tonight. And what do you go, six and nine? You know, he's, he's, he's doing it. And he saw it tonight, and he'll do it again and again. But the biggest thing is being able to do that consistently, you know. And I'm, like I said, I hold him to a higher standard, just like he holds himself to a higher standard. So I told him, good job, but we need to see it again Friday. And the same thing he'll say to me, and that's how we keep bettering ourselves as teammates. Stuff that maybe you know you talked about the coach talked about, or he kind of understand that's stuff he needed to make, and that's what he did. Well, I think it was something that we we spoke about, but you know a lot of it with Rudy is he he goes out there and he he you know he knows you know what he needs to work on and get better. And I think you know he 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 puts a lot of pressure on himself for being able to do certain things, and for myself, it's just like look, bro, let's go ahead and do it and work at it. And you saw like so did it, you saw what you uh, like I do the same thing on, on my offensive games. I put a lot of pressure on myself, and that's why we. You know, get paid the way we do because we have we are held to a higher standard. You know what I mean? And I think we both understand that. And I think that's what plays into why you know we've gotten better each year. And this and what you're seeing now, with, especially with him catching and finishing, I think is huge. On how is he progressing when it comes to rolling and kind of kicking it out and everything? He's doing well. I think you know it's it's a it's a challenge to go from Portland when you got a guy like Dame and CJ. You know where you're supposed to set a screen and stay there because damn shooting from half court. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and you come here where it's like the role is such a big part of our offense. And then also, not only is it a role, it's sometimes you're faking the pick and roll to go set a wide screen, a wide pin down. Sometimes you're doing all these different things. So as a big for him to be able to pick it up the way he has, quick and, and fast in a hurry, like it's it's impressive. And he's there's gonna be there's gonna be times where he's gonna figure stuff out, you know. But he's he's getting better at it as the especially what we've, what we've seen in practice. You know, may not have seen him much tonight, but what we've seen in practice, he's doing a lot of really good things. What are you thinking about your ankle? Um, not not much, but, I mean, it's definitely a, a thing you think about mentally. It wasn't too long ago that that play out there would have probably been bad. You know what I mean? So it's definitely something that is still uh, on your on your mind, but it's not like it hurts. There's no pain. It's just like PTSD, I guess you could you could call it because I think that's when I talked to, you know, my, my trainer, uh, Dave, he said the last piece of it is the mental part, you know, and that's how it was when I broke my wrist in high school, you know, you, you're, you're there, you have all full mobility, everything's fine. You're hundred percent strength. But now it's like this part, this being able to do that. And I trust in that, you know, and I think that's, that just comes with time. And I'd say I'm nervous. I'm not, I'm, I'm very confident in my ankle and my abilities to keep going out there, but it's a process, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, it's, it, 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 it takes time, and you know, but I'm, I'm good. How long it took you to kind of get it over, get over the wrist? Get over the wrist? Uh, let's see. I heard it May May 18th, and I was playing. I'll never forget that by the way, that date. Um, I was back playing in August, August September, um, at an elite camp, and that was probably when I was like, like good, you know, mentally. But this was totally different than than that but you know it's it's a process you know and I think that's the bit beauty of it is it's changed my game you know in, in such a great way for my personal opinion being able to stay grounded and just move differently so I'm not just jumping 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 like I'm able to do different things and it's it's good and I'm also being able to slide my feet defensively you know that's what I'm most happy about thank you guys
Donovan Mitchell, his post-game uh, comments right there, covered a lot of ground. Donovan tonight, 6 of 17 from the field, 3 of 10 from 3, 16 points, 4 assists, and 3 rebounds. He even talked about why he doesn't wear contacts. Hit a little bit of everything right there. Can't touch his eye, Jake. I got to admit, I don't wear contacts, and I think I would have trouble with that. I've been putting these stupid things in since fourth grade. It's second nature now, but I get it. I, I know some people that can't. I can touch my eye. No. Quickly. No. Uh, so, no, I, I felt like, you know, the, probably the, one of the more interesting things there, Donovan really did talk about the, the defensive end playing, you know, kind of learning how to let the game come to him um, and not always having to be on attack. I, I think we called that out pretty well. I thought he did an awesome, awesome job of that. Um, the accountability between he and Rudy, kind of fun too. Um, you know, Rudy's holding him to a defensive standard and uh, – in, in turn, Donovan's holding him to an offensive standard, and the two of them its uh, great. certainly a great team, man. It's great. That, that's really, really good. And you notice Donovan said he liked him when Rudy is aggressive and strong at the rim. Goes up there and dunks it. Yes. He has that in common with With me. you. Yes, he does. Dunk it, Rudy. That's just, you know, I like it when NBA players agree with me. That's all. I just like to point that out. You're never wrong, man. But your point, the point, oh, that is entirely not true. But the point you make about how it seems like they're both holding each other accountable, I think is really, really interesting. It's something we noticed a little bit during the preseason, and you're right. We noticed it from both Rudy and Donovan in their postgame comments, and I think that's great. That's leadership, right? I mean, that's two guys who, as, as you say, are holding each other accountable and to a really high standard. That's great. That's how you get better. Especially when it's your best players. Yep. Right? It's yep. When your best players have that sort of, understanding and and how each other each guy's motivated right uh, you know Rudy's certainly a defensive power nobody as Donovan said really talks about his offense um, vice versa for Donovan those are two areas they can improve and those are two things that will make the jazz vastly better yep uh, so I love that they're on that little that little path that's, that's great you know that's something we're gonna have to pay attention to right as there. as uh, the season goes and as we listen to all these post-game uh, interviews and as you say that the jazz have a great interview team they're they're usually in the post-game so very insightful and uh it will tell you what's going on and even a little levity you know, next so question donovan <laughs> will tell you about poking himself in the eye and taking two hours to get a contact lens in you, you learn a lot if you listen and how people are bugging him about wearing the goggles kareem style and he's uh he's holding off thus far i'm excited for our first jordan clarkson of the year. oh man that's I'm, my favorite I, he, I i love all these guys but clarkson i can listen to him all night i agree all right, should we get to these stat nuggets, uh, courtesy of our friend uh, Tyson Ewing? Tyson does uh, stats for the AT&T Sportsnet broadcast, and then he's nice enough to drop a few off for us. Usually he just, you know, emails them. But today, we got the we got the full-service treatment tonight. He brought them up himself. I'm looking right at him. Uh, but you can follow Tyson on Twitter, at TyEwing2. He's a great follow, so uh, check that out. Hit it. Uh, all right, here we go. Starting with the Jazz as a team, fifth straight opening night win. Five. Count of five. Five. Um, the Jazz hit at least 10 threes in – have hit at least 10 threes in 79 consecutive games, second longest streak in NBA history after Houston that did it 97 times. And, and 10 seems so minuscule now compared to what these guys do. It not that crazy? Yeah. It really does. Ten, 10, obviously, is the basement. They haven't uh, made fewer than 10 in 79 consecutive games. All right. 
Speaking of Donovan, Donovan uh, versus Lou Dort coming into tonight was 9 of 35 for just 26% in Lou's career. All right. Tonight, he was 4 of 12, 2 of 8 for 3. So that trend kind of continued. Not uh, quite he, as bad, but kind of continued. So in a football term, Lou Dort would be a lockdown corner. Yeah. Somebody you, you put him on and you forget about it. And that's what he does. And he does it. You know, Donovan said, it's, you know, it's not just me. It's, yeah. He does that to the league. Trying to think, you know, Revis Island. Is there something good for Dort? Dort's domain. Dort's domain. <laughs> Dort's domain. I don't know. But he is really good. He is really good. That is his domain, though. Yep. All right, let's get to Jordan Clarkson. Hit a three for the 95th consecutive game. Now tied with Clay Thompson for the fourth longest streak in NBA history. 95 consecutive games with the three for Jordan Clarkson. The new Lululemon. Oh, yeah. Uh, what did they say? Yeah, and brand ambassador for Lululemon, the first and only NBA player. That's going to be announced coming up tomorrow. That's a, it's a great get by Lululemon. They, they did their research. That, to me, that is a really good get. Oh, man. I, I want to see the, com- the I want to see the commercial. Hopefully they have a good, you know, ad and agency to come up with a solid campaign because I, I want to see the commercial. And I got to run on the Jumbotron. Yeah. See what he's up to. 100%. All right, let's uh, let's uh, wrap it up, our, our stat nugget section, with uh, a Rudy nugget for you. Rudy's 16th career 20-plus rebound game ties Truck Robinson for most 20-plus rebound games in jazz history. I remember Truck. He, he was could a, rebound. He was a bad man. Chuck Robinson. You know what? If you've got the the first name or nickname, I, I don't know if that was his official name, Truck. But if you go by Truck, you better be tough. What do you What do you ask, semi? <laughs> I mean, it's like uh, Hans naming his son Rock. You know, you're you're setting up a tough guy son, right, with a name well, like that. And there needs to be some toughness in that family. So I hope Rock can can come through. Can yeah, somebody's got to step up. Hans. <laughs> Don't call him that. You'll find out how tough Hans really is. Yeah, I won't. You know, that, that bugs him quite a bit. Maybe it's because he's just been Maybe called Maybe I should Hans do like a Jim Rome thing with him. Call me Hans one more time. <laughs> like a Jim Everett yeah, type situation. Jim Everett. All right, uh, before we close the book on this one, Coach Lacombe, let's get some final thoughts before we look ahead to Friday. Well, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, you know, this team is positioned really, really well. Um, when you consider... Certainly new new pieces, but a, a, a huge piece that I believe that really kind of helps this team um, differentiate themselves and be able to play. Um, you know, Rudy Gay's not hasn't even played yet. Hasn't, we haven't even seen him, but certainly some really good things to see. Donovan, uh, Rudy tonight, and I think their comments are probably the most important thing. This team is not uh, walking around with their chest poked out and, hey, we're, you know, we won the West last year. They've got bigger ambitions and I think that the the attention to areas, you know, talked about where they can improve um, is definitely a, a huge theme. I think tonight, uh, again, the ball did not drop like we're used to seeing from three. But if you just take the way that the Jazz played, they shot um, they shot 36 percent of or excuse me, 49 percent of their shots from three. They shot 30 percent of their shots at the rim. And uh, the mid-range was only 21%. Uh, the, the long mid-range, so, you know, free throw line area, only 4%. So they offensively did a great job of getting the shots they want to get. They got the catch-and-shoot threes. 
Um, you know, I, I thought their defense was good. Uh, certainly things they can build on and improve on. But for a first night, uh, having seen a lot of first nights go wrong, uh, the first night was definitely a step in the right direction. Great first night for the broadcast as well. We want to say thanks to David Locke, Ron Boone, doing a great job uh, calling all the action. Thanks to Alex Lundberg, Lundy, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. We have some broadcast assistant help tonight, Lundy. Uh, shout out to Leaf for helping and doing a great job as our broadcast assistant tonight. Thanks to the title sponsor of the post game, Mark Miller Subaru. The My Subaru Is campaign features real stories. From real Mark Miller Subaru customers, Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some of the Mark Miller Subaru owners' stories and share your own at mysubaruis.com. And, of course, Coach Lacombe, thank you. Fun as always. It's going to be a great year. One down, buddy. One down. Many to come. We won't say the number, but I'm excited. This this should be a fun year, man. It's going to be a great year. 107 to 86 is your final. Our next broadcast coming your way Friday night. The Jazz will be in Sacramento taking on the Kings, who beat the Blazers tonight, by the way. That game will tip off at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 7. Of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.